What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast Podcast. Today, we got some big news in the NFL. Uh, Offseason coming up shortly. You know, we got stuff going off the combine. You know, we saw some guys put up some numbers, some speed out there. But most importantly, we had some trades. You know, we saw Aaron Rodgers re-sign with Green Bay. Boo on my part. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But we got to talk about Russell Wilson bring, going away from the era of tall white quarterbacks in uh, Denver. Carson, I got to ask your opinion. What do you think about this Russell Wilson situation? Oh, man, it's just really exciting because this doesn't really uh, this doesn't really happen too much in the NFL. Um you know, having these big splash trades. I feel like we're blessed with, you know, one of these, you know, at least like once a year, every, every couple of years in the NBA, we get a lot of, you know, dramatic trades like this, but it doesn't really happen in the NFL all too much. It takes a lot for a trade to, to go down. And we finally got a massive blockbuster trade. We finally got kind of similar to James Harden, where it's like that, that was kind of looming over for a really long time. Same when Russell Wilson just been like, Oh, he wants to leave finally happened we got it he's going to denver which i think is a really great fit because this is one of those teams that we constantly harp on that's like you know has a lot of talent in their defense and their playmakers you know they have two really solid running backs um that was just like waiting for a quarterback i mean they've really been waiting for a quarterback since you know Peyton manning was there you know everyone since then has really not done all that well i mean i probably the best quarterback of that group has been like teddy bridgewater since since uh Peyton Manning was there. So it's nice that they finally have a quarterback. And with him, you know, if if Russ plays, you know, he does need to play a little bit better than he did play the last season, the season before. Uh, You know, he's not running around as much, which I think is uh, kind of a downgrade for him just because he is so good. That's such a great part of his game is when he is on the run. But, you know, we get it. He's trying to conserve his body. But nonetheless, if he steps up and plays, you know, like 80 percent, 90 percent of what we all know that he's capable of, which is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. This team is going to be dangerous, man. And to add him into the AFC West with now Herbert, with Mahomes, and then, you know, Derek Carr and the Raiders. I mean, I saw this tweet that was like, you know, Derek Carr is like by far the greatest worst quarterback in a division because Derek Carr is still really solid. And he is for sure, you know, the worst quarterback in this division, which just shows how stacked and how competitive it's going to be. And I think, this might end up being like how we all thought the AF or the NFC West was going to be last year, which kind of disappointed overall. Yeah, for sure. Jose, uh, I got to ask your opinion. Uh, do, how do you think this makes for guys like Jerry Judy and so on and so forth? And let's talk about the bag yeah. that Seattle got in return as well. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I definitely love, you know, the upgrades for all the Denver receivers. I mean, I really like Judy. We believed in him a lot this past season. You know, Tim Patrick's a guy that really established himself as a part of this receiving core last year. I mean, Albert O showed his moments and, you know, they clearly believe in him. Um, And even Corlin Sutton, who I believe was a former first round pick or second round pick. So, I mean, this is a really exciting young core, but my biggest concern is Melvin Gordon has to go so Javante Williams can shine. But other than that, I mean, Russell Wilson, he's, He's only he's only 33 years old, and this is a dude who's averaged 35 touchdowns a season for the past four seasons besides, you know, this past season, which he played through injury, missed like three games. But, I mean, he still wasn't bad. But in Denver, we're definitely going to have to see him make more plays with his arm as opposed to on the run. Yeah, and it's good. It's probably the best offensive line he's played behind in his career, which is crazy to think because, like, Denver's offensive line doesn't jump out to you on paper anyway. But – um. 
Yeah, you know, Den- I mean, the Seahawks did get it back. I, I saw someone trying really to Twitter, try and say Drew Locke's a top 10 quarterback talent. I was like, okay, I need Stop. to do Stop. Right Stop. Stop. This. fans are off a perk right now. They're delusional. <laughs> then we got uh, Shelby Harris going to them as well. Fant, as you mentioned, two first. Fant's so the big. Ninth, the ninth overall pick. Uh, we got uh, a two seconds and a fifth rounder, uh, the second yeah. one of them being this year as well. Uh, people thinking Malik Willis is assuming to be in line, but that's not going to happen. I think people need to realize that doesn't always happen in these kind of trades. They're going to go offensive line or something like that. Hopefully, you know, the regi- this yeah. regime's known for the worst draft selections in the first round yep. for a really long time. Um, what they need to do is wait until next year's class, which is uber talented, where you have guys like Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, yeah. et cetera. Uh, you know, my boy Tyler Van Dyke going to be up there as well. But, uh, you know, you got to wait for that next class because this class doesn't have a surefire guy that I could really put down right now and say, yeah, because Malik Willis really showed out at the combine, but I still have speculations on him due to his in-game film, which at the end of the day is the real thing because there's guys that can run fast, but if you can't do it on tape, that's what matters. So uh, good yeah. good haul by the Seahawks. Anything else you guys want to add on before we head on to the next yeah. Yeah, it's tough because I'm looking at, you know, this draft order coming up and, you know, if the Jamal Adams trade doesn't happen, you know, Seattle would have the exactly. ninth and the 10th pick in this year's draft. And I think, you know, it begs the it begs the question. It's like, okay, would you rather have Jamal Adams or would you rather have that extra pick? You know, I guess Jamal Adams is a tangible player that is producing right now, but, you know, it depends on what you could potentially get. I don't know. How would you guys feel about that? Like having back-to-back picks in the first round is – in the first top 10 picks – uh, I think is would have been really, really insane and really valuable. Yeah. And I think also moving forward, it seems as if they're going to take a new direction with this sort of young core, young team. So I don't know if Jamal Adams necessarily fits that. I mean, I get that he's not old at all, but, you know, mm-hmm. what if one day he just wants out just like he wanted out of the Jets because, you know, they weren't competing for anything. You know, now you've you've paid him and you gave up a lot to get him just to have him leave your team. So it's, it's a tough situation, but I definitely think Jamal Adams is better than anyone they probably could have selected in the top 10, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I, I feel that it, it can go either way, you know, cause yeah, the 10th pick could be someone that is way more awesome, but li- most likely, you know, it's going to be someone that isn't at his level. And also if I'm the Seahawks, I would definitely also look to deal Tyler Lockett. I'm not sure what you know the yeah. market would be on him, but I think that's someone that's kind of synonymous with Russell Wilson. It's someone that, yeah, like you said, doesn't really fit the timeline uh, with, I think, what they should be doing is, you know, kind of embracing the youth and trying to rebuild um, because you just got rid of your franchise quarterback. It's obviously a new era in Seattle, and I feel like Lockett, you know, kind of represents that old era, and you could get something that, you know, benefits, you know, what you're looking to do for this new era of Seattle football. Yeah, I feel like you go to a team later in the first potentially and try and be like, hey, you need a wide receiver. You'd usually take a guy like Olave, Wilson, so on and so forth. Why not just try and take a guy from Lockett? Like, let's say the Ravens, you try and get them to take Lockett, and then you have Brown, Lockett, and Bateman, for example, you know, a late first-round pick. I feel like that'd be, you know, the goal. But I don't know if Lockett's worth that. I think he's more worth of a late second, a high third, because how the trade market works. But – um. You know, interesting to see, I don't know if Pete Carroll is the guy going forward for this regime. Um, we know that his name was in question, so we'll have to see about that. I like Russ being with an offensive-minded head coach, uh, the new hire from the Packers. I love to see that. But um, 
Yeah, interesting situation. We'll have to talk about fantasy implications, you know, later on in the offseason because that's a huge thing we got to mention. Because, uh, you know, is DK going to be better now? Like, who knows? I mean, you lose a generational guy, Russell Wilson, who's the best player in franchise history. Yeah. Um, who knows what production looks like? Because he could just be force-feeding him. But um, now hey, we got to talk. Wait, real quick, I, I was thinking about, like, the fantasy football puns and, like, the the, the lines for next year is like, oh, Drew Lockett, the best connection. Or, like, lock it in this week, Drew Lockett, to get 100 yards. I don't know, Ideally, like that'd that. be awesome. But <laughs> Drew Lockett ain't going to be good enough to warrant this. Yeah, and Drew Lockett yeah. gets sacked 60 times uh, in the season. So, uh, uh, yeah. But, hey, huge move. I think it dropped just, like, an hour and a half before we hopped on this pod. Yep. Khalil Mack is heading over to the Los Angeles Chargers. Obviously, a division that just had Russell Wilson get added to it. Now you add a premier pass rusher who didn't have a fantastic season. He was battling through injuries, but you put him alongside Joey Bosa. That's going to make Joey Bosa super scary because you can't double team him when you have to deal with another guy who's an all pro alongside him. So, obviously, Chicago believes Robert Quinn's going to be the guy for them. Uh, and the terms of the veteran pass rusher that they want. So Khalil Mack on his way, I believe it was for a second and a third, a sixth round pick. Pretty good deal, I'd say, for them. Um, you're not going to get a guy better than Khalil Mack in the second round of this year's draft, but who knows? Who knows? But Jose, I got to ask, what do you think about Khalil Mack joining, uh, you know, a really talented defense now with guys like Derwin James, um, Joey Bosa, and now Khalil Mack? Yeah, this is – exactly the move you know this defense had to make a team that was horrendous in the run game last year I mean they were starting like Jerry Tillery at D-tackle but now they've got you know two of the best on that D-line and in Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa I mean this is this is a guy who is only a year removed from being an all, all pro second team I mean he played through injury last year missed about half the season you know, and I don't think he was in any rush to go back to the Bears. But now on an exciting young team like the Chargers, this is, you know, a team that's poised to make noise in the division. That wasn't – I didn't mean to rhyme there. But, um, you know, now, now if, they, if they draft somebody like Jordan Davis who just showed out at the combine, you know, that's a guy who's going to take up blocks in that run defense. And that D-line could be disgusting very quickly. That could be like a Niners defensive front, like D line. If you like prime D line when they had like Armstead and Ford all playing Buckner. and all that, Buckner. Yeah. Like that's kind of like what I'm thinking about if they get Jordan Davis, because I feel like that sets this up. You know, people yeah. still saying it's a reach, but like you got to fix your holes. And that's the biggest hole on their team yep. because you yep. have an elite quarterback, you have a good offensive line, you re signed Mike Williams on a deal. Uh, you still got Keenan Allen, you got guys in Guyton that are still solid mm-hmm. out there. Eckler's going to produce. Um, yeah, Carson, what do you have to say about this Chargers deal? Because it's a team that always seems, seems like they have the talent, but now they have even more of the talent. Is Staley finally going to not, you know, call a timeout or something? Uh, yeah, well, we'll see about Staley. But, yeah, I I, uh, I agree. This uh, this trade, just for, like, the price alone, I mean, you're only giving up, a, you know, a second-round pick and a sixth-round pick. And, I mean, you know, obviously those two picks could turn into someone awesome. I think that's the beauty of the NFL draft is there, there are stars everywhere and every round. It doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, Cleo Mack is someone that tangibly, you know, when healthy, is one of the best defensive players in the league. And, you know, on paper, you know, I think the pros and cons of this, like, you know, on paper, you look at Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James. So those are three 
blue chip defensive players, you know, three, you know, just game changers, you know, guys that when they're healthy and they're all on the field together, I think, you know, really wreck a lot of havoc, but that's where the problem in lies is just, you know, praying and hoping, you know, as a football fan that all three of them uh, can all be on the field at the same time, because over the last, you know, couple years, you know, two, three years, all three of them, uh, have had, you know, their troubles with injuries, you know, playing through injuries, you know, missing games because of injuries. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully all three of them can be healthy and playing at the same time because those three guys alone, uh, you know, as long as well as, you know, a pretty, pretty solid secondary, you know, the, the rush defense was, was terrible. So hopefully Matt can help that. But those three guys alone, definitely kind of going along with the, uh, the Rams approach where it's like, all right, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to figure it out with, you know, two, three, you know, elite, elite blue chippers. And this is just really exciting, man, you know, for the Chargers. Hopefully Staley, if Staley gets praised for his new defensive techniques and stuff, you have no excuse when you have Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and Derwin James on the field. Yeah. yeah. And we should see an evolving from Asante Samuel Jr., their uh, second-round pick. Um, like and who him, knows? Yeah. They might have enough money to go out there and get a guy. Imagine they get J.C. Jackson in free agency. That'd be insane. Or like Stephon Gilmore, like another guy out there in the secondary. They, they've had yeah. no excuses because that's going to be the division to watch as of right now. I mean, now. this division just got so much more stacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Raiders are the bottom feeders, clearly, at this point. But Yeah, and this coach, was a team that made the playoffs. <laughs> Exactly. That's that's like you said. That's the beauty of this. But um, no. Without wait, I mean, can we talk about? I'm sorry, real quick before we move ahead. on. Can we just talk about Mike Williams' contract real quick? I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I'm looking at you know wide receiver contracts, and you know he is one, two, three, four. I think he's now the fifth highest paid wide receiver per year. I'm pretty sure. So what? So, I, I mean, seeing, what do you guys think? On Twitter's, what I was seeing is like. You got to trust your guys. And if you have to, you got to pay your guys. Because a guy like Mike Williams, they know what they can get out of him. Thousand yard receiver last year, huge, crazy start to the season. You know that if it comes down to it, you need a guy to get an end zone catch, Mike Williams is going to be there for you. And uh, I know it's only 40 million guaranteed. So it's not the whole 60 million guaranteed in the deal. So I, whatever that means, you know, they restructure that. I don't know too much about that. But um, I feel like he's a great complimentary receiver to have along guy like Allen, who, you know, can work it in and out in the middle of the field. And you still have guys that can be speedsters with Guyton and so on and so forth. I think they need to add like one more weapon, uh, another speed guy to the roster that can just kind of, you know, deep threat. But otherwise, I think you got to keep a guy like uh, Mike Williams. <laughs> Hey, that, that would be crazy to think. But, that would be nasty. But no, Mike Williams. <laughs> that would be disgusting. Williams and Herbert play well. Super, super good chemistry. So I think you got to keep rocking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd have to agree. I think even though it might be a little bit of an overpay, I mean, that's your guy. You know, you've got to give him the money. It's kind of a similar situation with the Cowboys and Amari Cooper. Like, obviously, he's not a top five receiver in the league, but, you know, we're going to pay him because that's our guy. Even though now they're trying to fucking trade him, but that's something else. But, yeah. Nah, I think we got to talk about real quick before we hop into the MLB. Uh, Aaron Rodgers re-signing with the Packers, a move that I was just not really excited to see because it's the same old thing. You're going to get the Devontae-Rodgers connection. They're going to go for 1,600, uh, 1600 yards between the two. Uh, but what's this meaning question for Jordan Love, who will be spending a third year on the bench is it time to finally trade him or do you make this man wait it out for an entirety of his career? Because as I'm a quarterback, 
I don't want to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for three straight years. That's like, you feel like you've learned enough in two. So Carson, uh, I want to know your opinion on this situation. Yeah, well, first of all, in regards to Jordan Love, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, this is his third year that he's going to be sitting on the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really tough. And I mean, I think now that you've, you've you know, <laughs> committed to Rodgers for another, you know, at least a year, I think, right? Was it, was it just a year, a couple years? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the whole deal that like came out wasn't real, but I know that there's, they've, they've changed it up. I think it's a little bit more of a team friendly deal, but. Okay, sure. So, well, anyways, however long he is there, it, yeah, that is really tough for him. I think, you know, someone like the, uh, the commanders, you know, who swooped in and uh, traded for Carson Wentz, I think that would have been a, a much better option for them. Someone that, you know, was younger, um, someone that, you know, if you believe in him, could p- maybe potentially build a franchise around. Just someone that, you know, I'd rather, you know, kind of send it with, you know, a project and a younger guy with a little more upside with talent and Jordan Love than I would get a guy like Carson Wentz, who, you know, is, is fine, he's whatever. But, I mean, where are you really going with him as, as, a, as a franchise if you're, if you're Washington? Um, and if you don't get a second-round pick back, for Jordan Love, then it seems really like a like a waste. That was like a really bad, you know, front office move. If you basically took this guy, you didn't get you literally got nothing out of him. I guess the only thing you really got out of him was that he inspired Aaron Rodgers to play and you know keep his MVP pace because it kind of gave him like a fuel to his fire. But we'll, we'll see about that. But nonetheless, yeah, it's just so boring. And you know, all all the you know off the field stuff aside, it was just like really disappointing to see Aaron Rodgers like you know be be so loud in the media and kind of be, you know, this diva quote unquote and like, you know, go off about all this stuff and whatnot, just to not leave. I feel like all that noise and all that chatter just kind of mounted to nothing. And from a spectacle, like it, it was really disappointing because it's like Rogers is super talented. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I would have loved him to, you know, gone through in a trade like, like Russ happened. You know, I would have loved to see that just something fresh, you know, for the league gives a new team, another opportunity, you know, kind of the Packers relationship kind of ran its course, but we're going back to it. And yeah, just, it's going to be the same old, same old. They're going to be right up there at the top of the standings, but you know, not, we're still not sure if they can end up actually getting to the Super Bowl and close it out. Jose, care to add? Yeah. My biggest concern for Jordan Love is he's getting to that point, you know, age wise where teams start to keep a shorter on you. You know, let's say he does go to a new team he doesn't perform very well because he's got like one game under his belt or something like, and now he ends up out of the league, like pretty relatively quickly because, you know, he never really had that chance to develop as a starting QB. Meanwhile, there's a guy like Daniel Jones who has been in the league for three, four years is about the same age as Jordan love and has shown very minimal flashes of success yet continues to get a starting job in one of the biggest markets in football. And they still believe in him. But there's this guy, Jordan Love, who's a first-round pick also, just sitting there, just like waiting to get his shot. And who knows if and when it will come, he will be able to make the most of it. That's that's my biggest concern for him. Um, But, I mean, I'm not mad about getting paid to not get sacked if I'm him, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like – like the situation with Aaron Rodgers, it kind of is like the, the Giants. And what I never understand, I understand football's a business at the end of the day. And a guy like Aaron Rodgers, even though it hasn't worked out, you've only won a Super Bowl once in his 15-year career or whatever, um, you know, 
these GMs and stuff are really too hesitant sometimes to make a big changing move. You know, why not move on from Rodgers and try and go a different direction? Sure, he's this talented guy, but it's just not working because, you know, having him is going to be, what, like 22% of your cap space. So, you know, it's hard to build a, hard, a good team around him if you can't bring in good players because not everyone wants to play, uh, you know, under a guy. Like Brady's one of the only few guys you ever see that like players – are willing to take huge pay cuts and play for because he wins as much as Aaron Rodgers is talented. He wins. And a guy like Daniel Jones, I don't know why you stick with him because like you said, it's been four years and he's really done nothing, you know, hasn't gotten your team to like a uh, borderline playoff contention. I don't know why teams, you know, care just to stay with a product that they know is going to be mediocre. And I feel like in sports, you know, you got to be able to, I feel like fans, like I feel like giants fans are pissed that like when the word came out that they're going to stick with Daniel Jones for next season, and even as a Packers fan, I know they're obsessed with Aaron Rodgers. You know, they believe he's the most talented quarterback of all time. So be it. Say what you want. But, um, you know, they got to move on. You draft a guy like Love. You can't just waste – go and that had that be a pick that was just uh, external motivation for Rodgers to succeed. I feel like at the end of the day, you got to shape things up because you made some moves in the past that I don't technically agree with. I, I'm a proponent of hating the Aaron Jones move last offseason. I feel like you overpaid for a guy that – uh, his production was getting outmatched by A.J. Dillon this season, which is true to what I thought would happen. So, um, you know, not the greatest of management there. I feel like at sometimes, you know, people think, oh, Jordan Love's going to be the next Rodgers because that's how the line works. Like, no, history doesn't repeat itself always in that math aspect. So at the end of the day, I feel like a team like the Packers should have moved on because, what, they're going to be 8-0 at one point next season. I was like, we were wrong about them. No, we weren't. Show me the playoffs because if they go 17 and 0 next year, I'm not going to be satisfied till I see them win uh, in the NFC championship. And exactly. it's simple as that because who cares about winning regular season if you can't win anything else in the playoffs? I'd rather go 8 and 9 in the regular season and win the championship than go 17 and 0 and lose in the first round. But, but the eight, NFC is wide open right now. He is the clear cut best quarterback in the NFC by a mile. Yep. That is a really good point. That is a really, really good point. Um, staying in the NFC, so it's just it's just boring though. It's just boring for us. It is boring. It is boring. Yeah. So, yeah. but tactically, it is you know it is nice. Like because yeah, he is you know now Russ is gone. Yeah, he is for sure. Brady's yeah, he gone. Is, Brady's gone. Yeah, he is by far right. By far, am I missing no. someone? It's by like far the best quarterback in the NFC. It's like him, Dak, Matt, Matt Stafford. <laughs> Stafford, yeah, Stafford. Oh, Kyler. It's so it's Rogers, Kyler, and then like Kyler. In terms of talent, mm-hmm. Kyler's up there. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Him, Stafford, Kyler. Yeah, those are like the top three. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Interesting situation, but we'll have to dive in deep more to football because you know we got more mock drafts coming out soon, you know, combine, all that stuff. Um, like you said, Jordan Davis going crazy. So Want to see where teams are starting to look towards their direction with their picks because the first overall pick isn't even set in stone. People have been saying like four or five different guys at this point. So we'll see. But now we're going to dive a little bit into baseball. Uh, as of today, it's been released that there's been a tentative agreement in place for baseball to return this year. Players are uh, to report as early as tomorrow, is what I've heard, uh, back Ooh, to their camps yeah. for spring training. Um, we see a 12 team playoff being introduced in this new deal. We're seeing universal DH, which is something super exciting to see. Um, 
I don't know about the whole legal aspect, though, that they were diving into with arbitration and everything like that. Jose, I know you're our baseball-loving fan out here, so I got to hear, what's, what's your opinion on this situation? Um, uh, hearing out that, you know, Rob Manfred's finally agreed to these deals with the owners and the players and everything like that. Yeah, I think a big turning point in the negotiation was the actual Apple event. I believe it was yesterday or two days ago. They announced a partnership with Apple TV for Friday Night Baseball, um, you know, to highlight a couple exclusive Apple TV games every Friday. And I mean, Apple is like one of the elite, you know, influential companies. It's like Apple, Amazon, Microsoft and Google. And so I think, you know, putting it on the big center stage like that, you know, Apple is like now putting pressure on the owners you know, to get some shit done because every single offer that, you know, Manfred or the owners would offer to the MLBPA was, it was a joke. It was literally a joke. And they kept setting these hard deadlines. Like if we don't make a deal by this deadline, we're going to start canceling games, you know, trying to switch the narrative to the players. Like, Oh, it's the player's fault that we haven't had an agreement. So, I mean, it was a really big dramatic thing. Um, but I'm proud of the MLBPA for standing their ground, you know, finally getting something done. I'm super excited for, you know, the, the DH and the international draft was talked about. It's not going to be implemented probably until 24, but that's super exciting. Um, and they raised the minimum salary to like 770,000, which is huge because they, I mean, the MLB wanted them to get paid like 20 K or like close to nothing. So it's it's a really exciting time to be a baseball fan i mean i'm kind of sad that they moved opening day by like a week or two you know we could be in spring training right now but it's all right it's all right at least, at least we got it done we have baseball Same. this summer that's all that matters yeah yeah and we're getting a full season you know it's not going to be an asterisk season so we're getting a full season um, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I'm so excited, man. I mean, finally, you know, we have a universal DH. It's just been so dumb that it's it's been one or, you know, one league and not the other for, you know, however, I think since 95, that was the first year that was implemented, um, you know, right after the, the last strike. Um, it's really, that's really, really exciting. Everyone's, you know, on the same, same playing field, same level, uh, draft, I think a draft lottery, you know, I'm reading this ESPN article, mm -hmm. draft, a draft lottery implemented with the intent of discouraging tanking. I think that's yeah. another exciting thing. I mean, look, you know, the NBA lottery is really kind of the first, you know, one of the first, you know, new fresh big pieces of the 365 news cycle in terms of, uh, you know, the NBA. And I think adding that uh, to baseball is just another exciting event that fans uh, can look forward to. It gives their team, you know, if their team's struggling, it gives them just a little bit extra sliver of hope. Um, and I'm, I'm just hyped, man. I mean, yeah, March tomorrow, March 11th is, uh, you know, optional. And then it's mandatory for everyone to uh, come to spring training by March 13th, which is Sunday, right? Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, oh, Sunday. Yes. Yep. Sunday. So that's the mandatory uh, day to come back. Yeah, man. Thank God. And shout, yeah. Players, man. I think they, this is very, very pro player. I'm, I'm excited for them. They work really hard. And now uh, I think free agency opens up I was in just a few say. days and it's going to be a frenzy. Yep. Because it's a short We've still got a ton. We got what? Yeah. Correa's I mean, there is a up. short, short, here's Freeman, uh, Freeman, Freeman, Correa, Freeman. Yeah. Story, Kershaw, Brian, come on, man. So yeah, I mean, we're going to be getting Woj bombs or MLB like fast, like, you know, because mm. there's only going to be a couple weeks of, of this. So yeah. I feel like it's going to be a lot of one year deals going out there. 
But will there be a lot of re-signings, I feel like? That'll be interesting. Just because of the pressure to start playing again. Because I don't know if you guys saw the thing, like, I think Trevor, I mean, what's his name? Freeman was offered by the Rays, allegedly, right before the lockout. Like, the Rays spending money? What? Uh, that's why I think Damn. I saw about that. Which is what? Yeah. I know Soto oh, came out and the... said he got a huge offer, but I, I did not hear that. That's crazy. Hold up. Yo, the Rays, oh, my God. They would be the, <laughs> the, the favorites. Yeah. Freddie Freeman received an offer from the Rays. Yeah. That's Wait, yeah. Freddie Freeman would fit pretty perfect on the Rays. Take over G-Man yeah. Choi. <laughs> yeah oh my god that'd be him and franco pro jesus i know yeah. crazy stuff i mean yeah. we're gonna be we're gonna have an episode coming out immediately when that stuff drops oh like, speaking dude. speaking of franco um there was another clause in that agreement that was like if a player finishes top three in the rookie of the year voting they get an entire year added to their service time hmm. so like franco for example finished in the top three for um nl rookie of the year rookie of the year but he only played like i don't know like 80 games or something and he wasn't there on opening day roster uh so so now teams would be incentivized to have him there on opening day the mlb would reward them with draft picks and the player would get a year added to their service time so that they would become arbitration eligible earlier i like so it's kind of like a win-win for the team and the players yeah it's pretty Pretty dope. That's pretty sick. Damn. But now, yeah, we'll have to have a breakdown a little bit more uh, going alongside. Just because, like, who are all these guys signing? I want Chris Bryant back in SF. So we got to see what's going I want on. Chris there. Bryant back too, man. Oh, we'll damn, have to see because I'm just happy to know that I can go to a Padres game this summer, drive down there because that's what I want, and a Dodgers game. Those are the two ones I want to go to this summer in SoCal. So we'll have to see. But super exciting news. Um, can't wait to see what these guys are signing because. Like you said, we're going to get woe bombs like no one's business. So, Jeffy uh, bombs. Yeah. Or yeah. is it Jeff Passen? Yeah, Jeff who Passen. Got yeah. Or whatever. Passen. Yeah, J- a JP bomb. That's what we're going to call it. He is awesome, by the way. He's been like, you know, right there. He's really like, you know, by far like the biggest, like best, you know, MLB media guy. He's like well, the only one that is like, kind of like a blend of like personality and also like just always giving you the scoop. He, he's dope. Yeah. So um, I feel like there's nothing too much else to talk about. Any other topics we're missing out? I don't think so, man. I think this is, uh, you know, this is Ben Simmons first night back in, in Philly. I think he got food. Yeah. 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 food yeah, hey, it, it is. We got March Madness mm. coming up. I'm gonna be giving y'all an episode talking about some picks. I got some sleeper boys and my boys. Bro, bro let's make a bracket time. on the show. We will make a bracket. Hey, on Long the show. Beach say I hope we get in, baby. We're two wins away from <laughs> hey, essentially a spot. In we the we won on a buzzer beater today in our game against PC. <clears throat> that shit was crazy. It was a buzzer beater layup. Everyone's like, oh. But now we gotta beat Duke again. So hey, cakewalk for us. But, uh, cakewalk. 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 But now, nah, yeah, we'll have to see though, because there's tons of March Madnesses. Everyone's gonna be on their phones. I mean, I got spring break though, so I don't gotta worry about it. But it's gonna be a fun time. So can't wait for that. Really well. Selection Sunday coming up this Sunday. So big Sunday because we got selection Sunday. We got baseball coming back uh, for people. So we'll have to get back if you guys soon. Um, Batman. We we talking about Batman soon. Carson's gonna go see it a second time. Uh, we'll get some second yep. opinions, and uh, yep. we back I'm you. So you guys know it. So uh, without further ado, it's been Coast to Coast Podcast. We're signing out. Peace.